Welcome to the second part of our first episode. Here, we're going to talk about the Confucius and Mencius ideology and talk about cultural differences. And lastly, we're going to touch on the model minority myth in the U.S. So let's first start with Confucius. Confucius might sound a little too old here, but it is nonetheless a very important part of Asian culture and history. The Confucius ideology has been ingrained in East Asian culture for thousands of years. It's just a part of us now. Wei Ming has said that Confucianism has made an, made an indelible mark on governments, societies, educational practices, and family life of East Asia. Prior to the arrival of the Western powers in East Asia, the mid-19th century, the Confucian persuasion was so predominant in the art of governance, the form and conduct of elite education, and the moral discourse of the populace that China, Korea, and Japan were all distinctively Confucian states. So we obviously know because we learned Korean history that the Chinese ideology of Confucianism is made a very big impact on our history. All of our scholars in the past learned like education based on this Confucius ideology. And just as Nathan and Olivia had said in part one of this episode, studying is because of Confucius, is in a sense just a part of our culture. Can it's I go back in time and kill Confucius? Oh, <laughs> no. I'll be back. Okay, that was a little brutal, <laughs> but it's almost as if studying is not an option. It's mandatory in South Korea and also in other Asian countries. Ever since we were young, we have strived to get the best education there is, and we try to spend our time the most productively because it's just simply tradition. Confucius believed that good education would change people for the better, and maybe that's why we are so obsessed about education. The only way for the superior man to civilize the people and establish good customs is through education. This is what Confucius said. That is, education is a ceaseless process of self-realization and self-cultivation. The Confucian ideology defined learning as socialization. Society itself is thus a vast educational process. Confucius himself emphasized again and again the importance of being widely read and learned in all aspects of life without forgetting the importance of having a philosophic principle that runs through all these details of scholarship. Confucius also said that only one who is able to couple thought with scholarship is a really educated man. That is to say that Confucius emphasized the importance of acquiring knowledge. This theory of knowledge has two main conclusions, and this suggests that every person is capable both of being educated and of being the educator through the divine spark. So by this, we can know that Confucius obviously thought that education was the fundamental basis of our society and that is right. why china japan korea are so obsessed with education yeah, and not just the three east asian countries other like, countries also right, all affected you know how china affected all kinds of yeah it's asian in their cultures. religion too even. it's everywhere absolutely everywhere and that's why i guess our parents are so obsessed with getting <laughs> us academically um, yep. successful well actually uh I don't think that exactly um, Confucius is to blame for the competitive, like, studying of the Eastern Asia. So um, mm-hmm. let me bring out Mencius in this uh, in this time. Uh, Ooh, is it like a Mencius, Mencius vs. Confucius like Mencius? competition or I something? I've never this heard of this It's going to be fun. It's not like a competition. Mencius is not as influential as Confucius, but is considered to be a, as great. And he is very greatly influenced by Confucius. He has improved Confucius' ideas by 
compensating it. Uh, he's the second greatest ideologist of Asia, the first, obviously, Confucius. Mencius mm. believed that uh, human nature is humane at birth. Like, this kind of means that humans are kind where they're first born. Mm. He explained that the influence of society is the reason that reason of the evilness of humans, like robbery, like murder, mm. oh all my. that, all the terrible stuffs. Right. As he believed that humans are born kind, and it is the society that causes them to corrupt. He values education very, very much. Oh, like as in, I guess, to educate humans to not be mean and not be like evil. I guess. Yeah. From it, a young age. Precisely. This I think. Education, like this idea of education, like Confucius and Mencius thought really greatly about it, but not the education they talk about is not exactly the education like we think of, like math, literature, all that kind of really? stuff. Wow. Um. Like, according to Mencius, education must awaken the innate ability of, of human mind. By education, Mencius meant only moral and ethical studies, like language, math, and science <gasps> was not considered Whoa, to be as important. Wasn't conser- considered to be important? Yeah. Language! <laughs> language for me, like, um, <laughs> I don't like my language subjects. Science is way better in my opinion. <laughs> like, do you like ethics or, like, philosophy? Ethics? Um, I don't hate them, but they are a little too complicated for my I simple think little Santino would love Mencius yeah. because <laughs> he only considered ethics to be a study, like a subject for study. <laughs> really? What about your language grades and your math grades and your science grades? Or I guess Mencius doesn't consider them as to for grades to be important. Yeah, for Mencius, the math and science, all that kind of stuff is not as important as moral studies. Like for entire life, he said, he said no words about math, literature, any kind of technology, not a word. But he really, really thought moral study was important. Like he emphasized this so much on his like books or studies. Mencius thought that studying is developing an I- idealistic human, which is a human that is natural mind of kindness is preserved. Like previously mentioned, Mencius thought that humans are humane at birth mm. and his mm. idea on studies like is based on that based right? on like preserving that, that mm. the oh. purity of wow. the human mind and to accomplish great uh, greatness to be a saint himself or herself mm. to i guess i'm already like um i'm already far from what <laughs> 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 um, mm. kind of failed at being a saint already yeah, but it, this is quite very ironic that Mencius spoke very negatively about tight competition, which tight competition we always like are in, like in Korean mm-hmm. study, like synopsis or something. And right, can I tell these guys something about how much emphasis Korea puts on competition to make kids so obsessive with their grades? So. In the U.S. and many other countries, you get, like, A, B, C, D, F grades, right, based on your score. But here in Korea, you get something that's called tingu, which they line you up, and there's, like, that, um, the best kids versus the worst kids. And 
you'll be placed into these categories from one to nine, indicating your position on like the spectrum of how well you did um, compared to other kids. And I feel like this is a really large part um, of how what makes you know Asian specifically Korean kids stressed out about their academics, like always being compared to others. Like the rank system, like kind of like think kind of mean rank. And I think one of the key elements that made Asians so so called like smart uh, comes from that kind of tight competition. Um, when when his king, so Manchester's king, came for advice on how to make their country the strongest country among other countries in ancient China, you know they like fight fight right. it a lot all over. He responded that seeking power and competition between countries can lead to ordinary people following that idea too. He explained that when he when this happens, everyone will only think of themselves and their benefits, leading leading into conflicts between people. Yeah, this is exactly what's happening in South Korea right now. Which is kind of like what's happening at all schools. Even without like people seeking competition, this will still happen. Like because I believe that people are not humane from birth. I believe that they are evil from birth. Whoa. Which makes me think Actually, me too. That, yeah, even without, like, all this, you know, education that Mencius... What's his name? Mencius. <laughs> Mencius. Wow. Okay. <laughs> what he thinks about... I feel like people will still be mean to each other. Like, am I the only one who thinks that? And Mencius thinks that that's because of the influence of society and if you want to go back and kill Mencius and <laughs> Confucius, as you said before. Uh, I don't think Mencius is as bad as Confucius. I'll let him. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can get 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 into a debate or something before killing them. Right. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll, I'd lose. I love a beef with, <laughs> <laughs> beef with Confucius. With the best philosopher in all of Asia. <laughs> like, Mencius believes that too much competition between people can cause chaos and hate between people which is what's happening on Korean schools today. And uh, this leads to corruption of huma- human nature. To sum it up, the Asian society is not only following the ideal education philosophy from their most respected philosopher, they're also encouraging to build up competitions that he said to stay away. Mm. Yeah, so because this mentions and maybe Confucius himself too, did not create or even mention about the elements that made Asians so-called smart. I feel like competition really is a huge part of this. Um, like, as an example, I would say that in the U.S., like, something that Dana said that I related to was that in, Kore- in Korea, you don't get as much of an option when you choose yeah. um, classes to take. And I feel like it's so monotone that you just have to compare yourself to others to... It's like, you know, look at how good you are. Um, In the U.S., because all your classes are different, you can't compare yourself um, if you're taking, like, I don't know, AP advanced, like, mathematics or something to someone who's taking language Hmm. classes. Um, I found, like, this talk about Mencius to be very interesting because I thought that competition was always something that happened in South Korea because, like... In China, you know, there's a really rigid meritocracy and, like, a hierarchy. And I thought that was made from the past. But now that I hear that Manchus didn't like competition, that is actually a shock to me. 
Yeah, so I believe that what made Asians so smart is like cultural differences, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. the method of selecting government government officials. Like started in Sui Dynasty in ancient China, the a- the ancient Asia held exams to select government. Yeah, Official. this is what I meant by hierarchy. Oh my god, exams all the way back in ancient China. I hate exams. I hate tests. Yeah, me too. But meanwhile, Western, Western societies have selected government officials by their family and houses, which is kind of very unfair. And I believe I will hate this more than taking exams. or like Yeah, because you can't do anything about your social ranks. Like, that's kind of... I, I'm not going to cross... Sorry, that's, <laughs> that's not something you want to be a part of. Yeah, this continued until the modern ages of the Western society and the Enlightenment, which is the period I really, really love because there is so much philosophy and philosophers coming at oh, this time. Maybe we can skip the Enlightenment <laughs> so that Santino doesn't have to s- talk about the philosophy. Maybe we can like, make a special episode for you to talk about the Enlightenment. Oh, I would love to. And like, everyone's completely. just going to fall asleep listening yeah, you know, to him talking to, like, on and on about the special thing about the exams that are even commoners can be can be officially be by passing these exams because even commoners could be a government official, which mm-hmm. was very which is quite impossible in Western regions. Uh, but these exams are very competitive. Obviously, students had to study really really hard to pass those exams. Like being a government official was a common dream of all people in medieval Eastern societies. So I believe that those exams made Asians to be competitive on academics. Mm, Yeah, that's true, I agree. Yeah, I guess, like, that was, like, the attempt was good. I guess, like, the original purpose of competition in these tests was good. Like, because in Western societies, you can't even dream of competing with the higher classes. You can't even dream of... Um, going up higher in your social, you know, hierarchy and everything, um, which is why you didn't even need to be competitive. So now I'm going to talk about the model minority myth. But before that, I just want to talk about my personal opinion. So I think that Confu- the Confucius ideology isn't that actually bad because because we were so um, obsessed with studying and because the this I- ideology was so like ingrained in our society, we were able to like study hard when we had nothing based on. So for example, after the Korean War, we literally had nothing. But be- because we were able to study and we had the, the this um, hard work ethic, we were able to um, develop a lot and have a lot of technologies. Definitely, yeah, guess, I'm personally like, proud about it. That's just a part of our culture. Yeah, so South Korea became this extremely developed country where the world's like best technologies are developed and created. But it is like just unacceptable that our knowledge, culture, and efforts are being the reason why we are discriminated against, not only in the U.S., but also in other countries. Mm. This is the model minority myth. Because students in Asia study so intensely, when they emigrate to Western country, they tend to become like top students and they get into good schools and get a lucrative career. And that, believe me, has multiple errors that should be fixed because that, first of all, doesn't apply to all Asian Americans. Definitely, definitely. So, for example, there are pay pay disparities. So for every dollar the average white man makes in the U.S., an Asian Indian woman makes $1.21 and a Taiwanese woman makes $1.16. So by looking at this 
statistic, we can like infer that many Asian Americans are just better off than other like white men. But a Samoan woman makes zero point six two dollars, and a Burmese woman makes fifty cents. This is all different among all Asian Americans. But just like saying that all Asian Americans are smarter than others, we get right. higher paid, and that applies to everybody, isn't true because yes. the experiences yeah. of these like race groups are not the same. Right. The pay disparity inside the Asian American community is huge, and that doesn't because um, you just take the average of all these things. It doesn't mean that people are necessarily all better off than yeah. other races. Um, and I feel like this fact also makes people think that Asians don't deserve to be called minorities. Like right, yeah, this is something I've this actually is actually heard yeah, this is actually something that is shown in U.S. policies too. Yeah, like some in some cases, Asians aren't actually like included in these um, people that are. Um, supposed to be given subsidies, so it leads to like neglecting all these people in the Asian American community who don't have a lot of money, who are、mm-hmm. struggling to live, and they're like neglected in policies altogether, and、yeah. that is a big problem. I would call this racism. Right? Yeah, right. Um, and also, model the model minority myth like erases um racism against Asian Americans, just as Olivia said. Right. So. There was this like prose I read two years back, and it was about like how the first and second generation of Japanese immigrants to the U.S. struggled to re- recover from the internment camp.、Mm-hmm. So it would it portrayed the reality they faced. They were like evicted from their homes. They had to start their business from scratch all over again, and they had to work day and night to pay for their students, their like offspring's tuition, so that they can be like highly educated. And oftentimes, this effort that the Asian Americans made are erased in society.、It's Just like oh they're smart I don't know、yeah. why but just they're smart they it's had, that's they it had did not have there's to no do explanation hard work right it doesn't explain the backstory it's just wiped、Asian、away working so hard to be where they are today yeah so the model minority myth just makes it seem like Asians intelligence and smartness just comes naturally which is like entirely untrue right we have had to like struggle and fight against racism too and that is and the model minority itself is like obscuring our efforts and that in Enrages us, yeah. Definitely, it. I feel very strongly about this too. Like it's not like the social position. Everything that Asian Americans have today is essentially a result of how hard they worked back in like the right. 1900s. Back when um there were so many laws against Asian Americans um keeping them from being able to succeed socially. Um, the myth persists in spite of the fact that one in seven Asian immigrants in America today is undocumented and facing、uh, facing potential deportation. They're facing a lot of problems, but because they just think that the model minorities just are naturally smart and they didn't like do any、uh, they they didn't like make any efforts or anything, that this myth is just in ignoring everybody. You know,、mm-hmm. it's not fair, really. It's not fair at all. And also, I think this is like the、um, the most problematic of problems all, and it's that the model minority myth is like harmful to the struggle of racial justice because people think that Asian Americans are smart. They tend to like place them in the top rank of、right. the immigrant section. You know、right. what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I、right. definitely know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and like 
they think that the Asian Americans have played with played with the rules in the American system because they like existed in the U.S. for a long time,、mm-hmm. and the success of some groups in Asian American immigrants is often held as an example toward which other groups should strive toward. So this、mm-hmm. just seems like for other races, Asian Americans should be like the model. Yeah, yeah the ideal. And that doesn't feel、minority. good. Yeah, yeah because it's not. It's not something that people should work to be like. So it's like making a hierarchy within the Asian right, Americans, which, which causes for more, you know, like separation yeah, amongst the minorities. Yeah, and I personally think that because minorities are like race, racial minority, there are a lot of like racial minorities、mm-hmm. minorities in the U.S. They have to like stick together and work、right. together to like prove justice in the U.S. But、mm-hmm. that's not. Um, capable because of this yeah, myth. This myth just sets Asian Americans against other minorities. Yeah, it's a lose lose for yeah, all、right. groups. So this model minority myth is a crude and like a false notion that generalizes the intricate and like complex Asian culture in such a disrespectful way. We hope our episode has helped you elucidate the truth about. Asians being thought of as being supposedly smarter than others. Today we touched on the very cliche stereotype that Asian kids are smart, but it turned out to be well, not so much cliche, but a complicated and delicate issue. It was very meaningful to share my thoughts on the my, my model minority myth and how this stereotype is exacerbating the situation. How about you guys? <laughs> Oh, I also really enjoyed this session. It was an experience to really develop my、uh, thoughts and nurture them into like co- like cohesive、um, thoughts and sharing my thoughts with all these people who feel the same way about like this topic. Great. Like, I I think I I'm the one who was the most nervous in the entire episode. <laughs> but、yeah. It was it was my first time, so like. Yeah, it's so it's our first. Yeah, it's all, all of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I quite enjoyed like sharing my philosophy knowledge with all of you guys, and I feel like we really criticized the Korean education curriculums a lot. So, but we are、mm-hmm. not in North Korea, so we're not going to get arrested or something. We're going to great. Yeah, yeah, and also, um, this is like a very meaningful time for me because like this is also my first time, right? And like all being surrounded by these machines and like a tight room, and, like a recording <laughs> room, it was kind of like very nervous for me at the start. But as like thanks to Olivia and you guys, like I also had very、um, enthusiastic time, like and a very enthusiastic speech. Yeah, it was like, very yeah. fun. Yeah, and it was a, like a very meaningful time for me. And like as Santino has mentioned, definitely we're in a democratic society, so I hope we don't get like in any trouble for this <laughs> or anything. Okay, this was the first. Very first episode of Token Students. Woo! Yay! Wow. Yay. Okay, so this was our first time, so it might have been a little awkward, but from <laughs> next time, we're going to try to be a little more natural. Yeah. So,、um, wait for our second episode, and bye bye. Bye bye.